We're here with another episode of the Made in New York podcast with brand director Andy Cranack, who manages, create, well, we'll let you tell the whole story, but thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Mike. It's, it's an honor to be here. So tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and uh, what a brand director is. <laughs> uh, well, first, thank you for inviting me on the podcast. I'm pumped to be number 31 of the episode. Um, yeah, so I've worked for Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary V, as you might know him. Mm -hmm. I've worked for him for the last six years. My title is brand director. What does that mean? It means that um, I help oversee the media content team behind Gary V. Mm -hmm. Videographers, designers, looking to think about the best ways we can create content for Gary and strategize on how to put it out on different platforms. So you've been with him for six years now, and obviously over that time, the size of the team has grown significantly. Yes. So talk to me about that change and how that's impacted you and, and what you do. I mean, that we're really an amoeba cell, you know, everything changes. And a good example is like TikTok. Gary texted our team a couple of days ago. is like, we need to get serious about TikTok. Mm -hmm. Now, as me, brand director, I'm like, OK, fuck, how do we how do we deploy our team against this TikTok resource? So rewind six years ago it was, you know, we had a, a copywriter. Uh, a designer and a videographer mm -hmm. and myself was sort of like strategy um, and we put out an Ask Gary V show um, then Gary started to realize the potential of really investing in content around him mm -hmm. so he just invested in more capabilities okay let's have an audio engineer so we can have a podcast okay let's have another designer because stories came out so I need more stories um, so it's just been a continual evolution of how much we want to invest in the platforms for Gary and also what other needs Gary has for his businesses. So in the case where you're talking about TikTok, right? And let's assume for a second that that's not a network that you natively play on. Yeah. How do you begin to understand the landscape to be able to offer advice as to strategy? Spend a lot of time on it. Listen, use the platform, post on it, listen, talk to anybody using it see who's winning on it, try and reverse engineer why they're winning on it. Mm -hmm. um, and really think about what it means to be native on that platform. You know, okay. that, that's something that we're gonna struggle with. TikTok, if you know anything about the platform, is very different than what a 50-year-old white business dude would be posting on. Correct. You know? Right, right. Um, so, but that doesn't mean he can't, mm -hmm. and that definitely doesn't mean he shouldn't. Mm -hmm. So how, given who's posting on it, how they're posting on it, how can we apply who Gary is or who I am to that platform mm -hmm. but it starts with listening yeah so what does that look like so talk to me talk walk me through a little bit of that like we're gonna fuck with this new platform right yeah. do are you like going into a cocoon with your your iPhone and like deep diving deep and disappearing into the world until you come out with some slightly better understanding like what, what is that look I would like? love to dive into a cocoon mm -hmm. I don't have that luxury necessarily where I can say all right I'm gonna shut everything off and I'm gonna go in here but um, there's versions of that mm -hmm. and it, it's really just repetitions too because a lot of these platforms are changing they're updating right. a lot new features come in um, but you you need to be posting mm -hmm. and you need to be seeing the results of posting and you just need to press the buttons um, so I, honestly, like if you don't want to post for yourself, create a dummy account, mm -hmm. upload some content, press the button, see what happens. See what happens when you press that hashtag or you add that hashtag into it. Mm -hmm. And then come at it from two angles of 
what is the why does the platform have this feature? Mm -hmm. What does the platform want out of it? Mm -hmm. And then why do the users use this feature? And why what do the users want out of it? And then you can sort of reverse engineer both of okay, now how can I manipulate both so that I get what I want out of it? So when you have and, and, and let's keep it with TikTok for a second because this is this is very interesting to me because it's a platform that typically Gary V types wouldn't be on. Yeah. Right? What's the play there? Like what's what's the, the, the vision in talking to eight to fourteen year olds? It's just attention. Mm -hmm. I mean, sounds cliche, but more people spending people are spending time there. More mm -hmm. people are spending time there in that age demo than watching television. So when you think about that, like if you're a brand, if you're anybody that wants to communicate to that age demo, you should really think about what it looks like to have content on TikTok. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And how and and how does how does it feel like when you see the platform, like a platform that you've spent a ton of work on, die? What Gary says to this, and I I do believe it, is that cool. YouTube dies, or in other instances, it was Viddler. Mm -hmm. Viddler died, but the mechanics that I learned on pressing the buttons in Viddler mm -hmm. play out when Snapchat came up. Mm -hmm. I realized, like, oh, I can do this thing that worked on Viddler. Mm -hmm. um, so you're still learning the mechanics and the religion of what it means to communicate on social apps. So even if you invested in one, you still have that experience and knowledge that you can pull from in later uh, times. So what's it, it, but I also I, it's also why you need to cross promote. You can't be relying on that platform. Right. You have to assume that one day soon this platform will die. So that right. is an inevitable truth. So squeeze every ounce of it as you can, mm -hmm. and then siphon into the areas that you're believing and in investing in in other areas. Gary had a really good clip that I, I want to continue to storytell around more around seventy nine twenty one. Mm -hmm. So really squeezing out everything you can out of the most important platform because Gary's saying you need to be everywhere all the time so everyone's like cool Gary but like how can I actually do that I don't, it's just me Right. I don't have a 30 person team Right. he's like cool so invest in the number one what's number one Instagram I think mm -hmm. we could all say like Instagram's the number one app that we're always looking at correct squeeze everything you can out of it 110% meanwhile you're allocating 20% what's going on on LinkedIn what's mm -hmm. going on on Twitter What's going on Snapchat? What's going on TikTok? What's going on Facebook? So when Instagram's algorithm dies, you still ha you're not starting anew. You have some base there. You know how it works, mm -hmm. and you can start reallocating your time on those other platforms. So for the average user that wants to start brand building, your advice would be do the most in one place, and then taste other things. Correct. With the main focus now. Just in 2019, June, June, July 2019, being Instagram. The main focus being what is most native to your skill sets. Okay. If you if you're a great narrator and could really communicate on audio sound, I wouldn't recommend podcast. I mean, I wouldn't recommend Instagram. Uh -huh. I would look at Anchor and podcasting. Okay. You know, or if you're a great writer, you're on I, medium. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would still, I obviously. The written word can really translate onto Instagram, mm -hmm. you know, but I would start as my home and base in more native medium, something that has a lot of written content. So then when you find the business that's looking to spend some money to expand their reach, right, whether through hiring a videographer or hiring more of a team or spending money on paid advertising, what would you, 
suggest as like a, a route? What, what have you, or what better yet, what have you seen be successful for those that are getting into this game? In terms of hiring or? Both. I defer it again to what Gary says in terms of hiring. It's not who you hire, it's how fast you fire. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, we all, the, the best thing that I've done is, is start taking on freelancers just okay. because I don't, I'm not confident in Sally or Rick. Okay. I'm like, I don't know. Let's bring Rick on for four weeks and see how he reacts when I text him at 8 p.m. saying like, yo, we need this. Okay. <laughs> you know, there's no pulse on that in an interview, in a portfolio. I don't know. Right, right, right. We got to fill it out. Um, and then test, learn, optimize. It's the cycle. Put something out, understand why you try to do that. How did it do? What are the learnings from it? And continue to evolve in that, in that cycle. So eventually you're just getting better, stronger, faster. So you, you talked about firing quickly and, and yeah. sending that 8 p.m. text. Yeah. What have you found to be the characteristics of those that actually make it? that go from intern or, or freelancer to member of the team? Um, ambitions and, com- and communications. Mm-hmm. People that can really overly communicate. I don't need people to, to respond to my APM text, but if they're not responding to my APM text, I need to know that they're not going to because they've told me. Right. Um, really just those. And of course, talent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Talent aside, I'm assuming you know how to press the buttons or you can do what we hired you to do. Right. Um, but just like ambitions and, and communication skills. So in these six years, you've watched Gary's accounts grow exponentially. Yeah. Um, at some juncture, you've had to be like, maybe there's something else I want to do. Or mm-hmm. maybe I want to take this skill and, and, and use it to monetize for myself at a significantly higher level. Yeah. What's kept you there? Um, patience, patience, and trust and faith in the man of that is Gary mm-hmm. and um, the vision that he has, and the expectations that if I wanted to leave tomorrow, I can. Mm-hmm. So, for those that might want to do something like you're doing now, like what? How would you suggest they go about finding that person to have such faith in? It's gut, mm-hmm. you know. I, 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 I wanted to work for myself. Even when I started interning for Gary, my ambitions were to work for him for six months, write a blog post that I just worked for Gary Vaynerchuk, and now I'm having a million bucks because I started my own business. Mm-hmm. Um, when I worked for him, I realized how little I didn't, know, how much I didn't know. Um, but I would say it's just good. And I remember watching Gary's video, a rant from the hip, head, and heart. Mm-hmm. It's a he's flying on a plane and he just started recording a video ranting about other people's judgment of him and you have no idea who he's going to be and what he's going to become um, and I just thought to myself damn I could work for this guy and this was a time when I was starting to analyze if I really thought I could build a business at 23 um, and I realized I had no idea what I was doing and maybe I should work for someone and god did I not I knew what I didn't want mm-hmm. and who I didn't want to work for mm-hmm. when I looked at Gary I was like this guy seems like someone I could work for because if I as I did tomorrow I was like Gary, I was just on a podcast with Mike. He was asking me about my future and, and how much oppor- how smart I am and all the opportunities I have. Yeah, I, I want to balance. Gary, like, amazing. Let's let's figure out what the fuck you want and set you up for success. And I don't, and I just I think that's rare. That is that's dope. Let's get back to everything you didn't know. So you yeah. started and you your plan was six months and you were like fuck. Yeah. 
talk to me about that that first year of growth and like what that meant, what that looked like. It's really hard. Like I I moved to New York. I'm not from New York. I'm from the suburbs of Virginia. Um, I was sleeping on my brother's couch. I was an intern. I made seven dollars and twenty five cents an hour. Everybody else at the agency had a job. You know, um, I was insecure. I wasn't really confident. Um, and it was a whole different language. Everyone in marketing, the second that they get into tech and marketing, start using all these acronyms. You don't know what the fuck CPM means and all this stuff. Um, and I was just, I was insecure and in, in not knowing so much. Um, but I was really hungry and I, I stayed and I learned. Nobody, t- Facebook ads hadn't come out yet. Okay. You know, six years ago, Facebook didn't have video, Facebook didn't have advertisement. So when Facebook ads came out, I just went to blogs. I went to johnloomer.com and read every blog post about how to run Facebook ads. I watched every video. All of a sudden, I knew Facebook ads, and there's only two other people at the company that had started running them. Um, you know, nobody, there's, I don't, how are you, who's learning social media marketing at a university? I don't, you know, no Not one yet. really, you, it's, I was, I self-taught a lot, but it's also because I had a lot of ambition, you know, I didn't want to just, I had no, I still have no interest in like a nine to five, mm-hmm. you know, I, as, as, same with you, and I know we resonate with this, is like, you really want to be passionate about how you're spending your time and what you do with your life. Right. Um, and then it's not work. <laughs> right, right, right. You don't mind the 12, 14, yeah, 16 it's the pro- hour it's, days. It is, it's cliche, yeah. but it's just the process of, of chasing what, what you're after and what interests you. Um, so when did you realize this interests you? Because I got to imagine 22, 23 years old, you know, first job out of college or first job in New York. Like, New York is an interesting place. So, like, there's got to be a lot of things rolling through your head. Like, when did you realize, like, fuck, this is dope and this is what I want to do for now? Well, it's two things. One, like, I always, it's cool for me now because I, I think it's the skills that I have in sort of being able to predict and see, uh, successful people before they're successful mostly like artists and rappers and things like that I'm like this this kid definitely has it mm-hmm. um, and I just watched Gary I was like this dude's a star like he's mm-hmm. a he's a monster and I definitely thought he had um, he was gonna bubble up more in urban culture mm-hmm. I thought his whole immigrant mentality was really gonna resonate mm-hmm. um, and people laughed at me when I said that right. I can distinctly remember one combo actually Gary that Gary was involved in and three or four of the other gentlemen laughed when Gary's like, yeah, I, I think like uh, that demo would really play with me. Um, I think didn't. if you could ring in the hood, you could ring anywhere. Yeah, I, I truly do because I, I I believe that that for whatever reason their bullshit meter is, is as good as eight yeah. to fourteen. Yeah, which is by far the best demo for that. And it, and it's just like if they'll accept you, it may take longer for mainstream society to accept you. But if you could win in the hood, you win anything. Yeah. So the, I always had that. Like I, the second that I mean, when Gary responded, I tweeted Gary. Gary said, "What can I do for you today?" I said, "A chance to work for free." He responded back, "Expand." Like I, would, I was shook. Like I really looked up to this dude. So that I was always bought in. New York was uh, a struggle. You know. It's, had you been to New York before? Like when I was ten years old. Okay. Never as like, an adult. Never as an adult. Um, and I, I'm pretty well traveled. I, I lived in China. I lived abroad in Thailand. So I, I wasn't intimidated necessarily, but it's just a whole different energy, especially when you're just an intern sleeping on your brother's couch. Um, it took like maybe two, three years until I, I felt comfortable and I started knowing, okay, this is where I want to hang out. 
this is where I go. Um, and now it feels more and more home like it every day and I'm feeling more and more like a New Yorker and all of a sudden I can pick my head up and be like, damn, I'm not sure if I would live anywhere else in the world. You know? So when you when you go home or when you go back to visit family in, in Virginia, assuming they're yeah. still there, do you like strive for the energy that is New York to come back? Initially, I'm so pumped that I can see more than 100 yards in front of me. I see the amazing skies. Um, it feels so peaceful. And then, yeah, within two, three days, I'm like, what's everyone doing? <laughs> we got to get going. We got things to do, right? Yeah. It's the, and it's just not there. But I think but has it, that been, was that like kind of who you were before? Or like, is that who you developed into because of New York? Both. I think it's amplified. Okay. You know, I've, I've always, I've always had ambitions and desires and the hustle has been strong in me. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's definitely amplified. And I think if I went to LA, if I was there for my first year, I would be killing the game. I'd be out working everybody. Mm -hmm. And then eventually the warm weather would get to me and I would right. lose a little edge, you know? So I just read a very interesting article that suggests that if you spend 30 minutes a week in nature, it allows your body to reset and makes you more effective. Where, because I noticed you talked about being able to see more than 100 feet. Yeah. Where do you find that you reset best? Nature is amazing. I, exercise has been, I've really uh, leaned into trying to exercise every morning. It helps, it helps my the clarity in my head so well, so, a lot. <laughs> and um, on the bike, man, I, I, bike, I bicycle a lot. I'm, I'm both outside and I'm exercising. Mm -hmm. um, it's just free space to allow my mind to just hit all the places it wants to hit so that when I'm in a room talking with people, I can really be in that room and be where I need to be. So like when you're, and, and, and I've seen this through, through your stories, when you're yeah. on these 20, 40, 50 mile journeys, yeah. it's like you're at peace. Yeah. It's really that, someone was asking me about it, and it's really that I just let my mind go untethered. Okay. It's just going, I'm thinking about everything. I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking about this podcast. I'm thinking about Gary's text to me. I'm thinking about the book that I read. I'm thinking about how my mother's doing. Everything. Going. And I get ideas, all this information. Meanwhile, I'm exercising. I'm riding 50 miles. Right. Um, when I get off that bike, all that's done with. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling energized. And it's a beautiful thing. That's dope. Have you, has biking always been? No, my... my I was never really into biking. Basketball was always my sport. My mom and uncle were cyclists, and one day they convinced me to put on the corny bike outfit and get on my uncle's old bike and go for a ride. We rode like 15 miles, 20 miles, um, and I loved it. I was like, wow, that was fun. Like You go fast. Um, you get a good workout, and I realized how much I was thinking on the bike as well. Um, so then uh, next time they went, like, you want to go? I was like, yeah. Moved to New York. I was intimidated. The idea of, you know, getting around New York, yet alone riding a bike in New York, was scary to me. Um, that quickly changed. I got on the bike, and now you'll catch me weaving in and out of traffic, no problem. So, you've been here for six years? Yeah. Almost. September 3rd. Six years. So, what has surprised you most about New York? <clears throat> I'm not sure. I'm surprised. I'm definitely surprised how much it's changed before my eyes. Okay. In what way? What do you mean? Um, my neighborhood, other than Fort Greene, Brooklyn, the neighborhood is completely different from when I moved in there. There's seven more high-rise buildings. You know, I think of New York as not 
it's boys change like where uh, Hudson Yards where I'm at now three years ago that was train parking lot now it's oh, it's one of the biggest uh, development projects in the world yeah so the, the speed of change um, I, I guess it's universal everywhere but that's it's been not it's been because you don't you don't see at least and this is my experience and looking at it from like with the real estate hat like you don't see this massive change broadly almost anywhere else yeah you may you may see some some of it like if you look at other similar sized cities like a London yeah or even like bigger cities like a Shanghai or, yeah. or, or whatever or Tokyo you'll see a lot of it on the fringes because there's no more yeah. where else to build in, in the center but not this quickly how quickly they build Hudson Yards is mind-blowing mind-blowing I mean our building went up first it's 55 floors it's a beautiful building I remember looking out the window and the building next to us. I knew it was going to be an extremely tall building, one of the tallest buildings in New York, 90 stories. Um, But it was a baby compared to where we were. Right. You know, like we were seeing it being built up. And one day, literally, we were in a meeting. And all of a sudden, I looked out the window and the building was taller than us. I couldn't see past the building anymore. I'm like, when the hell did this happen? Matter of seconds. Eventually, you're not going to be able to see the water no, two, as they build that second phase. Two days, and then it happened again. I'm, I come into work one day, and all of a sudden, there's all these people everywhere. I'm like, oh yeah, there's a mall right there. It's connected to our building. I walk in, it's this beautiful brand new mall. I'm like, when the hell was this being done? You know, you don't see it. You're just living your life. You know. I, I had that same experience the other day in Brooklyn. So like, I, I I'm born and raised from here. Like I live yeah. in my parents live in the same house I grew up in. And I was driving down a street in, 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 I guess you call it Greenpoint, that I hadn't been in, I don't know, four or five years. Yeah. And literally, I had to do a double take. I was like, "What the fuck just happened here?" Yeah. And I was like, "Holy shit!" And then down the block, there's a 40, 50 story building, and I just like, from the real estate side, I don't see it changing anytime soon. Yeah. I, I think there's only two things that stop New York, and one is a major environmental event. Yeah. And two is an act of terrorism. Yeah. Um, short of that, and there's going to be downturns because that's life. Yeah. But I, I just think we're going to continue to see it build up. We're going to look back in 30 years at this conversation with like Damn. 40 story buildings. Shit. Yeah. Now there's 200 story buildings. <laughs> because you need a place to put people. Yeah. And building higher solves a lot of problems um, from a variety of perspectives. Yeah. So, enough about New York for a second. So, Six years working with, with Gary V is incredible. Like, I'd have to be willing to bet that you're probably one of the, if not the longest member on his team. Um, I am, yeah. Um, D-Rock's close. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, people that, there's people that have been at Vayner for a long time, longer than me, mm-hmm. for sure. So, obviously that team continues to grow and, and the Vayner brand continues to grow. Yeah. Can anybody that's building a business take that same set out and imply it to their business? Like, if you build a big enough individual brand team, business will come. Assuming they're real and it's not like some internet salesy bullshit. Meaning, like, investing, just investing in... In the it, people. Yeah, I think so. I, I think you have to be the, the right kind of person, though. Meaning you have to have be the right kind of person that people want to work for. Mm-hmm. And the regular person that knows how to invest in people. 
So what does that mean to you? Um, well, it's to say it's why you like Andy. When you leaving, what's next? Mm-hmm. It, that's not what it is for me. Right. Because I feel safe. Right. You know, and I don't think there's not many scenarios in which someone would would say that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't have to be that way. Like, just because. I, this guy is not going to be the hot shot, but I could still be like, "Yo, I'm going to do this for you for a year, so that I'm I will then have a portfolio, and you guys come to terms, and yeah, it's good." Mm-hmm. But do I believe in the power of like investing in people mm-hmm. and hiring as quickly as possible around the skill sets that aren't your strengths? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, if you aspire to be more of the Gary Vee type, right? yeah, and, and obviously that's the anomaly. Let's yeah. leave it at that. But like more of that person that's putting out content leader role. What would you suggest for them? Um, put out as much content as possible. Get feedback on that content. Um, and listen to people. Listen, value who you're making the content for. You know, it's a real, it's a difference. I think being a, someone who identifies as a creative themselves, I make a lot of content for myself. Mm-hmm. I do it because out of necessity. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I make creative out of, content out of necessity because I need to get it off my chest because I need to create that itch mm-hmm. versus I'm making this for uh, the real estate community because I think it's really good insight and they'll get a lot of value out of it. Mm-hmm. So think about why you're doing it and who you're trying to reach um, and then continually try and get better at it. So it's a quantity over quality? No, I think it, both. it's of course it's both. But in order to get the quality, you need to have quantity. Okay. It's just reps, you right. know? In order to hit the game-winning tray, you need to have taken a thousand three-point shots. Um, in order to hit the post that really went viral on LinkedIn, it wasn't your first post. No. Definitely not. No. And it wasn't the post that you thought that it was going to be either. Never. You know, I don't. You you don't engineer virality. You you engineer continual content production and trying to optimize and learn what people valued. Everyone said. Yo, this video was amazing. You responded to everyone. What did you find amazing? Oh, I love that you went into depth and details and you went around the neighborhood. Okay, next time I'm going around the neighborhood and I'm really going to go into the depth and details. And then I'm going to put it and I'm going to go back to everyone that I said thanks for the response and I said thanks for the response. Look what I did with it. Mm-hmm. You just totally threw me off right there because then I started thinking about neighborhoods. <laughs> Sorry. Because <laughs> we've, we've, we've just started creating like neighborhood videos and there's a whole bunch of other stuff there. I would, and I would just I would probably only focus on LinkedIn right now. LinkedIn's actually a little down on reach and views over the last mm-hmm. month, but that's why I was. You say only focus on LinkedIn. I think I like we talked about Instagram being the number one platform. Right. I think people over uh, emphasize the importance of Instagram because they like the vanity of it. Mm-hmm. It's cool to have like it's I've the definitely co- closed more business from LinkedIn. Than it's from- it's yeah, but it's probably cooler to say you have ten thousand followers on Instagram than saying you know ten thousand people saw my LinkedIn post. Right. You know, um, but it's just being practical. No, more people are going to see your shit on LinkedIn. Who gives a fuck about the beauty bloggers on Instagram or whatever? Right. You know? I'm not beautiful, so it, you know, <laughs> everyone's beautiful. I'm on my wife's eyes, but that's about the exception. Um, so you built this. You've helped to build. I've helped. The, this amazing brand. Yeah. What's next? Um, and I'm not asking you like. No, yeah. It's it's going to be really fun these next five years to see how everything evolves. Gary's Gary's brand is in a crazy place, mm-hmm. you know. 
we're translating his content in five, ten, fifteen different languages at any different time. We're really trying to. Is, leave. is it hitting as hard in non-English as it is in English? Sometimes harder. Really? Yep. Like where? Taiwan, really big. Um, we're putting a really big emphasis on Brazil right now. Okay. Um, for business reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, listen, man, if you're not passionate or excited about what you what you do for work, you're not excited about Monday mornings. Guess what? I got the video for you. <laughs> you know, it's universal truth, and that's what happened. We, we posted uh, the Monday morning video translated in Mandarin to the people who liked Gary's Facebook page that speak Mandarin. It was, a, it was like 20,000 people. The video got seen by 10 million. Because those 10,000 people shared it. Right. Um, yeah, so I, I think maturation of myself, I'm, I'm, that will be interesting to see. You know, I'm in uh, elevating my game as a leader and mentor to the people below me um, and, and trying to give them more ownership in the things that I used to be doing. Um, so that's been a transition phase for me. Um, so let's talk about that for a second. What has it been like to let go of the chains? It's so difficult for me. Uh-huh. Cause it's what it's my craft, you know. Like right. I, I, and I'm also really good at everything, uh-huh. in terms of all the different things that, that it you can be a digital ninja in in this age. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just have to value that the, them doing at a seven is better than me doing at a ten because I'm doing this other thing now. Okay. Um, and just being comfortable with that, mm-hmm. and having everyone be comfortable with that, it's difficult. It's very, very interesting. Very interesting. Because, well, we'll talk about that offline afterwards. It's so hard. It, it is? Because for me, to, I'm, listen, I'm the boss. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I, I can't be in the weeds like that. I'm not going to be the best leader that I can be if, if, I'm, if I'm the one. Doing everything. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a weakness. Mm-hmm. Something that I'm trying to really work on. Right, right, right. My my brain. I'm sorry. This is the this is like this is the second time we've hung out where you've said something randomly, and I'm like, fuck, like 13 <laughs> places here, 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 here. <laughs> um. So, talk to me about being the boss because like, you're if my math stands right, you're 29. 31. 31. Okay, my math is not good. Um, it's like a math. Um. 1988. All right, all right. You're an '80s baby, so we'll give, yeah. you, we'll give you some credit there. Um, talk to me about like running that size and scale, and like what that what that feels like more than anything, and like how you use those experiences to help others. Um, it's really motivating. It's daunting at times, you know. It's really motivating. Like I, every day, I wake up inspired. No joke, and it's not—it's not inspired because Gary Vee inspired me, or I'm inspired. It's not—it doesn't have anything to do with Gary. Right. It has the fact that I know when I walk in the morning, there's people looking to me for direction, mm-hmm. and that fires me the fuck up because mm-hmm. I, I want to—I want to do that, and I want to be the leader for them. Um, and it's also really challenging because sometimes I'm having a shitty day, and, right. I, and I know that this person's looking for me, looking towards me for direction, and if I'm down on my luck and I'm having a shitty day. Uh, they're not going to have a good day and understanding the impact of me having to be strong enough to take on everything mm-hmm. um, that I'm doing with and and put it to the corner so that I can really be there for the person when they say hey 
what direction should I take this? Where are we going? What do you need from me? Um, it's a burden, and it's uh, watching Gary is incredible because I, I don't I don't ever feel that from him, even though I know how much he has on his shoulders. It's, mm-hmm. it's unbelievable. So let's talk about building people for yeah. a second, because I think in any successful team you have to have somebody that's there, a coach. Yeah. You know, growing the talent. Yeah. Talk to me about like the person and uh, not specifically obviously on the team that like you know is more talented than what they're doing and like how you try to turn them and then obviously if you can't turn them at a second time at a certain time like how you respond just like generally they're underperforming yeah like like you have a, a, a somebody that's a b plus player that's playing a d ball yeah i'd try to first understand why we think it's happening because mm-hmm. there's instances of they're, they know exactly how to do it, but they just don't want to do it because they're playing politics with people in the office. Okay. Um, if that's the case, then I'm just trying to understand how, what the best solution is. Sometimes it's not me talking to them. Sometimes it's someone else talking to them. If they're really just underperforming and they're not doing the best work, then I need to make sure that him and I or her and I are on the same page about expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I can do for them first. Okay, what can I do to help you? Right. Okay, let's try this out. That's very important. Let's try this out. Yeah. Next week, it's not better? Okay. Let's try my way. This is what I think we should try. Let's try that out. Same page? Okay. Come back third week? Okay, we, tr- we tried what you want to try. I tried what I wanted to try. This is what needs to happen. Are you sure this is what needs to happen? Yeah. And then we just got to let, let the cards fall. So when you're, you're finding this growing team, and, and obviously you're probably flush with people that, that want to come work for, for you or yeah. Gary, talk to me about your interviewing process and like what that looks like and, and what, what clicks in your head to be like, okay, hire this person. Yeah, I've, I've really evolved and matured in, in the hiring process. Um, one, I'm really just trying to understand how curious that person is. Okay. Um, like especially for a lot of the the most of the hiring, ninety percent of the hiring I ever do is for creatives, mm-hmm. um, and I've and I've really realized that just because you hold a, a Sony camera um, doesn't mean you're creative. Right. It means you're a creator. Mm-hmm. You know how to you know how to shoot video. It doesn't mean you know how to shoot it in a creative way or an interesting way or tell tell a good story. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to understand what their aptitude is for storytelling. Mm-hmm. And curiosity comes to, okay, what does that button do on TikTok? Mm-hmm. I can't teach you to want to try and press that button and see what unfolds if you press that button. Mm-hmm. You have to be interested. Hey, I wonder if we flip this video upside down and press that button, how would it perform? Mm-hmm. You need to be able to do that by yourself. How you, What sort of questions you can ask and how you can glean that insight, uh-huh. I'm still trying to get at. But that's really what I'm trying to get out now when I'm interviewing creatives in general is I don't need to... Uh, even their portfolio is hard to really glean in on like what their creative process is, how, how um, creative they are, what their creative muscle is. Um, and then also, uh, and just like energy mm-hmm. and gut, I'm really just got like, yeah, I think this person with Joe. And then I have them talk to a lot more of the team. Mm-hmm. Be- before it was just myself and one or two other people. And now I'm like, no, let's, let's have four or five, six other people from the team talk to them. Just because... I'm taking a note. Uh, because back to trusting people more, yeah. I'm like, wait, you know what? I actually really value 
what uh, Mike has to say. Mm-hmm. So even though Mike's a, a junior in his role, I think him talking to this applicant for 10 minutes um, and seeing how he thinks he would gel with the team, what he thought about his work background in editing, uh, could be valuable input for me. Something that I didn't catch. Oh, like actually, no, I was talking to him and yeah, he he, said, he mentioned that he, he uh, played on TikTok before. And I'm like, oh, well, the other applicant definitely had never played on TikTok before. Uh, let's take that one, you know? All right, so I have 14 questions that come from the internet, um, Instagram specifically. Okay. Um, and, and I gotta tell you, this is more questions than we've got, and this is a new kind of thing we're trying to do with people um, to engage some That's of cool. my followers. Um, so I'm gonna run through these like rapid motion. Okay. Um, some of them may require a slightly longer answer, but we'll go quick. from there. So Hustle, Herbst, Herbst, Herb, I'm, I'm killing this name, I'm You're sorry. Good. Uh, what skill set do you have now that you didn't think was possible before? That is a good question. What skill set do I have now that I didn't think was possible before? Um, leadership sounds uh, not correct because I definitely thought I had leadership before, mm-hmm. but I would say, I would say business leadership. Okay. Uh, really being able to lead it up to the best of my ability a 30 person team uh, in a business setting alright so life of Javi who throws uh, coffee events uh, he, he runs a series of uh, barista events wants to know how do you maximize value during events uh, <laughs> talk to people but don't chase don't chase the person that everyone wants to talk to everybody's relevant okay you never know who's going to come into your life okay you know uh, I think people put an over Everyone wants to talk to Gary. Why, man? He says a lot of people have money. A lot of people have dope ideas and right. cool things. Right. Don't value one person other than the next, and and don't have expectations. Just say what's up. Right. How are you doing? Um, yeah. Cool. Rob Velez wants to know, what do you think real estate agents are doing wrong? Wanting everything immediately. Um, not really paying attention to what their clients or customers want. Do you think that's real estate or do you think that's just business people in general? The latter. Okay. Real estate specific? For the social media content creation world, I just don't think they actually invest in creating content. Right. They just don't. Right. Like, they do it for a day. Right. And they're like, oh, fuck you, Gary. It doesn't work. Right, right, right. It's totally, <laughs> totally the truth. Can't agree with you anymore. Um, Karan wants to know, for people just starting, what do you think the right first step is? Start. Okay. So, like, put out that piece of shit content. Or put out Any fucking thing, man. Yeah. If I get one more DM about how to start a podcast, I'm not going to be happy. Right. It's very fucking easy. No, it absolutely is. Like, record audio on your phone. Right. Upload it. There's, you can figure out which platform to upload. Just, like, start. Like, start. Mm-hmm. Why do you think people don't start? Insecurities. Okay. Period. No, no, no. I, 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 I could. Insecurities and in knowledge, insecurities of other people's opinions, insecurities. We're all insecure. I'm insecure about the, you know, like it's not. It's just real. We don't really talk about it enough. But. We don't at all. Um, Cecia wants to know about scaling a micro business. Mm-hmm. So she has. She is a. She runs a daycare that my son goes to. Awesome. And uh, she's expanded to a second location. Amazing. Um, 
and I gotta tell you, like, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy with, like, what I see from them on social. Like, you see pictures of the kids and the stories and what's going on today and so on and so forth. It's beautiful. How, how would you make a suggestion to scale that? She wants to, like, open up another... I think she, uh, I, I think in, her, in her ideal world, she, she'd want to open, like, 20. Um, hire. <laughs> hire more people and invest in people mm-hmm. um, and invest in the people in the areas that... Whatever she's doing, obviously, she's, she's doing a good job. Mm-hmm. I was keep doing that and then think about who she needs to surround herself with to be able to take it to that next step. Okay. So you may know this guy, Tim from Imperial, who was uh, in Gary's last book. Okay. Um, wants to know about scaling content management. Scaling content management. So I think, I think more so like managing the library and archives yeah. of content or, 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 or building up the database. So like you're a week ahead. So, like, you sit down on Monday and have your content meeting and, like, content's already done and, like, you're sitting there to approve it and whatever. I hate this question. Why? Um, I don't – it's – it's there's no right answer. Okay. There's the answer that works for you for that week, honestly. I mm-hmm. think there's lots of little – it's tools and tricks and tips, I think. Um, yeah, you can invest in – blocking off time I'm going to make this much content and this is how I'm going to organize and sort it out Mm -hmm. I think um, in the coming years Google specifically is really going to do an unbelievable job in being able to categorize and analyze what sort of content you have whether it's what they're already doing which is recognizing what's in images Mm -hmm. Um, you take a photo I'll take photos of the whiteboards I have in meetings and I can just type in whiteboard and all every whiteboard I've ever taken is in my Google photos um, YouTube transcriptions you were able to search all audio transcriptions easily you know when on this podcast if it's on YouTube in the foreseeable future for sure you know what which of my guests have talked about branding type in the word branding right. <laughs> so you, you segue perfectly to his second question best advice for building a deeply rooted brand Best advice for building a deeply rooted brand. Um, I'm trying not to be cliche and just say, give 100% fucks about your community. Only care about your community. Only care about your community. So when you say that, how do you, how do you care for the trolls? Um, how do you care for the trolls? Or do you? What I was going to say is however you however you decide you want to. Mm-hmm. However you decide your community wants to. Mm-hmm. So Are in some they, cases, it's okay to punch a troll in the mouth verbally. Yeah, in other cases, it's okay just to ignore is what you're getting at, depending on who you are. Yeah, I'd say so. Okay. Um, Kate wants to know how you track content put out on different brands. How you track content put out? So if you're, you know, you're running a team Gary V account and a Gary V account and maybe like a, another sub account or Gary V in Spanish. Like how do you track all of those different brands? Um, you, you create measurement tools. I mean, you can put like track. I don't know. It depends on what you're tracking. If you want to track analytics performance, you can pull out different reports and tag it appropriately so that you know that this is related to this brand and this is related to that brand. Mm-hmm. Um, do you put more value in one over the other, and is it just surely based off of like what that brand is producing yeah, you? You should or definitely. Where you want one of the brands to be. I think it goes back to what do you want to have happen. You know, I think there probably is 
you, it'd probably be smart like okay let's place the most emphasis on this brand because that's our biggest client or that's bringing in the most leads or whatever the case may be um and then just setting up frameworks for how you are going to track that what are you measuring what is success defined by how are we measuring that okay now what systems tagging nomenclature are we tracking against them mapping towards the success cool henry wants to know uh facebook ad advice or thoughts on other advertising products facebook the best facebook advice i can give you is that facebook is a creative platform think of people think of it as an ad platform Mm -hmm. the creative is the variable meaning the only there's only two things you can there's three things you can really change Mm -hmm. you can change your campaign objective do you want video views do you want purchases do you want event rsvps you can change who you're targeting or you can change your creative campaign objective is basically what's gonna be the same you want purchases right you want leads that's locked in targeting lookalikes if you don't know what lookalikes are they're probably where you want to be play with those audiences you can a b test you'll figure it out mm-hmm. what you won't figure out is why your shit's not working if you have a 0.01 click through rate mm-hmm. you need better creative if you have sick creative facebook advertising is the best advertising in the world and it's not even close so so let's talk about the creative just for a second yes right how do you go from shitty creative to okay creative to good creative to great creative by having by first having an assumption a guess of what you think would be good creative for that ad unit Mm -hmm. and look at the ad unit you can actually see a mobile preview in your phone you need to be on mobile don't look at on desktop don't look on your big computer people are going to view it in their phone try and be in the atmosphere that they're going to be in when they see that ad Mm -hmm. look at where the button is how is it going to appear? Okay, this is what I think we should do with it. Make that. Spend $20. Look at the results. Are you happy with the results? Hmm. Actually, now that I see and I'm looking at the comments and I'm looking at it on my phone, I think we need to make the text bigger. I don't think we started it right in the intro. Let's try it that way. So then let's talk about that. Let's go one step further. So you're then putting up a whole new video and running yeah. a new target and, and archiving or deleting the old video. That's it. That's simple. Yeah. Um, Tish wants to know, how do you overcome the feeling as if you don't belong at your job? <laughs> Ask yourself if you belong there. Mm-hmm. It, it, if, if that's a feeling that you have, then you probably don't belong there. Mm-hmm. You know? Don't ever try and sell yourself that you belong there. Okay. You know, I think sometimes people fall into jobs that they make good money or that you work for Gary Vee. Just because you work for Gary Vee doesn't mean that that's what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. You don't need to tell yourself that's not what, that's what you need to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the question again? What? How do you overcome the feeling as if you don't belong at a job? Yeah, I don't. I, I think you leave. I, I gave her the same exact answer, and I said she's like, "Well, I want to see what he says." And I'm like, "Okay." I think you leave. I, I, do you think or play do the whole how do you overcome you do it because half the time you're looking for a new job so you're hedging what you've done on, on, on moving you to that next level yeah okay so AJ um, who's an artist wants to know what is your biggest dream and what are you doing to accomplish it 
what is my biggest dream and what am I doing to accomplish it? Um, my biggest dream is to be happy, honestly. And uh, was that always the case? No, young Andy. No, this is this is <laughs> recent evolutions of myself. Um, young young Andy, I wanted to be NBA player for sure. Um, maybe an artist, author, um, serial entrepreneur. Happiness is definitely my motivation. What am I doing? To fulfill that, I really want to make art. You know, I, I think I just want to be creative. Um, I did one podcast episode. I might ask you if I can rip this and put it on my own podcast. Um, yeah, I just want to create and I just want to be happy. Okay. Eric Namel wants to know, in the early stages of brand development, what's more important, originality or familiarity? Originality. How are you going to have familiarity if you're just starting? Mm-hmm. I, I think it's important, but if you're having origin, if you have originality, the familiarity will come. Okay. So in, in going to that, right? Like I, I automatically then think of of um, the J Cole line. I and now I'm losing it. I, I copied. I copied the cadence. I mirrored your style. Whatever. I'm the greatest right now. At what point? Like that's difficult. I, like, like, because I'll get. I love, my, one of my favorite quotes is, uh, "Good artists copy, great artists steal." And, okay. And how I, how, my interpretation of it, yeah. is that it means, like, if you think about app, I love that Apple and Microsoft as an example. One time, I walked by a Microsoft store, retail store, and it looked exactly like an Apple store. So, and I was like, <laughs> it's so funny because they didn't. They thought that's what it was. Oh, like. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it like Gary Vee. Mm-hmm. No, don't do it like Gary Vee. Understand why he's doing it that way. So for like Apple, Apple wanted Apple wanted to realize that customers wanted an experience. Mm-hmm. They wanted something cool. They wanted something simple. They wanted to be spoken to. They wanted to have real support when you walk into a store. Mm-hmm. Make that in your lane, in your DNA, with mm-hmm. your vision. Not okay. Let's make it white tables. Everyone wears blue shirt. Make it really clean and simple. No, it could be cluttered and chaos, but as long as you're speaking to the, the religion of what you're stealing. You steal the religion, and you you're, the things that you would copy is your own take on it. Okay. If that makes sense. So Bucklot Foods wants to know, if I could spend one hour a day doing something consistent to grow my brand, what should it be? Responding to people online. And like through DMs, through everywhere. posts? Through everywhere. Everywhere. Yep. And and when you say responding, what do you mean? Like what what is a good what is a bad response and what is a good response? Because he said if I could do one thing a day, an hour a day to build my brand, mm-hmm. b- by building brand you mean by more people knowing who you are. Yeah. Talking to the, getting in front of people, mm-hmm. talking to hey hey Mike, this is my brand. Let me know what you think about it. Hey, I'm talking with people. Respond whether. If you have a meditation brand, I'm going on Twitter search and I'm typing in every relevant keyword I can find about meditation and I'm engaging with every single person about it um, and building my brand. I'm, I'm bringing value to them or I'm just learning about the things that I could do with my brand that would bring value to them. So, so now I'm thinking and taking this to like a real estate perspective, if you had real estate brokers, because I get this question all the time, would you then reach out to other people that are in the real estate game or like... If you were a real estate broker, 
where would you then reach out if you wanted to if i was a real estate i really i really would uh if i lived in herndon virginia Mm -hmm. which is where i grew up i would type in the word herndon on twitter search and i would engage with every single person I would be, and then guess what? And a lot of them would be teens, and they're not going to be. But who knows? They have parents, right. you know. If I have cool, like, oh, this is a, actually, you know, I saw this guy, random real estate agent on Twitter actually replied to my tweet um, about the basketball game at Herndon High, and he's he sent me this funny meme. You know, I think that's where I would start, and then I love the whole. Uh, just become become the know-it-all around your town. So if I'm not searching the town names, I'm searching about locations and retail locations and events that people do in my area and, and really getting to know and understand those and engaging with those people. So now, and, and, and not to make excuses or put in roadblocks, but when you scale from that to New York City, yeah, there's obviously a, a big difference. Like Yeah, huge. I, I stuck with the Herndon, Virginia right, example right, for a right. reason. So like... New agent, New York City, San Francisco, L.A., Atlanta, whatever it is. What would you suggest? Like, what would you do if you were in that situation? Well, I would go. I would. I would go to like uh, maybe I might go to Facebook groups, Gypsy Housing, and stuff. Okay. I would try and find people that are really coming into the city, mm-hmm. looking for things. Um, what if I'm a real estate agent in those cities? What am I doing to build my brand? Yeah, like you're new. Yeah. You're, um, doing, you're new to the business or, or new to putting out content on social or new to engaging on social? Yeah, I would really first try and really, really map to or towards where are people spending their time that are looking for housing mm-hmm. in my cities. Um, see where they're hanging out online and then uh, engage with them and then start thinking about how I can make content for them. Okay. Um, Ashley wants to know how do you manage the brand differences of each platform? Um, first, by really understanding what the platform is mm-hmm. and then mapping what your brand can do on that platform and if it fits your brand. Just because the platform exists doesn't necessarily mean your brand needs to be on there if it doesn't make sense. Okay. So, like, where would you make a decision not to be on a brand? Um, on a platform? Yeah, if if you don't if it doesn't speak to your skill set or your audience. If I was a real estate agent, I I wouldn't invest in TikTok. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need to really market to kids in 8 second loop videos. I, I I agree and that's for me it's part of the reason that I stopped playing on Snapchat. Yeah. It's fun. It, right. It's fun, but I just it felt like it's not there. They're not there. Right. It, that, but it also felt like it became less fun because it was just like talking kids and that's fine for what <laughs> I like used to do in being a scoutmaster. Yeah. But like not as a real estate broker. Yeah. Um say hi to the guy who wants to know is it rude to send emails at six fifteen in the morning? No. Okay. And um, Do you think it's rude to send emails at six fifteen in the morning? You're coming from a guy that I get text any I get text and emails anytime. So do and I And not from like I just do. So like when I'm, 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 it's fucked up. Ever since I, I, I've had a, a son, I've become a morning person, right? I never was a morning person before, and so I'll be up at four, three, four, five o'clock in the morning just because that's when my yeah. I wake up. I don't use an alarm clock, and I'm always hesitant. I won't send a text at at three, four, five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I, I'll send an email just because I know most people will have their their 
notifications yeah. off or, or yeah. sounds off. Yeah. But it is a thought. Yeah. But Definitely text note. But I, I think it's as long as that person understands that they're spending like th- as long as no expectation of that person opening the email right then and looking right. at it, you know. I think times have just really changed in that regard. I, I, I think it's but, but we need to create the framework. It's really important to understand of that. Like, okay, you send me all these messages in all these different places. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm prioritizing them on my own accord. Right, right, right. Absolutely. I, I think that's incredibly important. Um, I did not write down who, who this is, and I feel horrible now. Um, but they wanted to know how building a brand is possible for an introvert. Um super possible you know i think there's there's plenty of introverts who have built real good brands um it dep- i think if you're an introvert that wants to build a brand where you're speaking to the video a video camera it's probably not going to play out right you know um but you can think about what you can offer people and how you can offer it and be realistic around it and get started i, I couldn't agree more all right um no this was my note from you though talking to other members of my team when interviewing. I'm definitely going to steal that. So what's next for like Andy? Um, just keep the machine going. I'm still learning a lot. Mm-hmm. We're still learning a lot about how we're doing the things that we're doing. Um, platforms are changing. Our strategies are changing. Um, I'm excited to try and uh, become a, a better leader for my team um so let's talk about that just for one quick second what what do you do or talk to me about your process and in, in, in working to become a better leader uh really trying to understand what it means first okay being creating a clear vision of, of what my goals are for myself mm-hmm. that then translate to my team um and then trying to and map and like am i hitting those you know we move so fucking fast uh, that we get get caught up churning the wheels mm-hmm. and you can't get a pulse on where you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, so defining for myself what that means, what does it mean to be a leader for other people mm-hmm. and where I, and where I want to be 12 months from now, six mm-hmm. months from now, three years from now. Um, Do you chart out like that? I haven't, but now I am. Okay. Yeah, uh, because I think it's important so that I can I I, I can if I can grade myself. You know, I can I can I'm trying to be more honest with myself on on how I'm doing. Okay. Um, Do you read a lot? I've I've gone away from it. It's something that I'm trying to get back to more. I've I read a lot, um, but if I if I don't make the time to read a little bit, I don't read anything. Okay. The most I was reading in the city when I was taking the train a lot. So just an investment, like twenty minutes on the train, reading a book, uh, would get me hooked. Um, reading more. Okay. I know you have a couple of questions, and and I'm looking now at, at Dylan, who is off camera. <laughs> Because he sent me this long run-on sentence this morning, and I was like, I, I walked in, I was like, all right, explain this to me. Yeah. So you had some questions about brand and 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 logos and something. Well, I feel like many of those were actually kind of like answers to your conversation, but I do have a question, I guess, for where I'm at with what I'm doing. So I have like a very like generalized skill set, and like I know video, I video edit, I know graphic design, I know social media things but not like really deep I feel like in any of those so I would say if there's any like skill set that I should really like like you know get deep in over the next like you know 
five years, five, ten years, like which skill set I guess would you recommend for you know this type of work? Um, I think it's a great place to be how you just articulated what you do. Like that's a dangerous, you're a bad man. You know what I mean? Like not many people will say that I can, I'll do a video, I'll, I'll, I'll learn the game of social, I'll do images. I would just quadruple down on it, on, on that as a, a, I'm a ninja. I'll do whatever we're gonna do to storytell around it. Um, I'm saying that because boy do I get hit up every day of like, how do I find the next D-Rock or Andy K? You know, um, and I'm also talking to a lot of people who are like, no, I only take photos. I'm like, okay, you're finished. <laughs> um, but with, with that said, I, I'm, I do think it is important to have extreme depth in something. Um, and I think you only find it once you find the, the thing that have uh, your hamburger, your big win, the, the, the client, the brand that you really uh, built up. Um, that will create the learnings that you need to understand what really worked when you did video, what really worked when you did design, what really worked when you did logos and, and posting online. Because then you can, then you're neither of them. Then you're just like uh, a brand director. There's a lot in mind of like these social media focus on. <laughs> Listen, it, it, it goes to what we discussed. Like it, when you look at success, like there's only there's only but like eight original ideas. It's just the tone of which hits people in different ways. Yeah. You know, like if you look at Gary and you look at Tony Robbins, they say a lot of the same shit. Everyone says the same yeah, shit, they man. They just they just say it in different ways. Everyone says the same shit. So it's 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 about building that. I couldn't I couldn't agree more. So free time. Yes. What do you do in your free time other than than bike ride? Um. I love music. I listen to music all the time. Um, I try to hang out with friends. Um, I'm, I, I do like to read. I don't read enough. Um, travel. That's it. So you've recently been to a couple of cool places. Yeah. So so tell us a little bit about Brazil, and then tell us about the other cool place that you've been to, and in, 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 in being able to use your skill set that you built yeah. over the last decade six years decade wherever how long to tell us that story um yeah i was in brazil for three three days i had a we had a business meeting on monday my colleague was going there he flew uh sunday night got there monday morning we left monday evening i was like all right i'm gonna at least go over the weekend i'll, I'll see you on monday <laughs> um went to sao paulo brazil was amazing uh i would love to go back um i stayed in one general area in the city so i didn't see a lot of it but food was beautiful people were beautiful uh music was amazing it was, it was a great time what do, what do you feel like you get from traveling <sighs> everything i get energy mm -hmm. um coming i've traveled a lot i've lived in three i've lived in switzerland i've lived in thailand i've lived in china um self-discovery is really what you get mm -hmm. you know it's funny that you go to, you go to a foreign place and what you learn is about yourself mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. but, and you just get a fresh lens the place that where I was before after Brazil I went to Helsinki Finland for a conference Arctic 15 who I know the event coordinator of um, Jan Amiri who's an amazing dude invited me to host a workshop there on, on social media and brand building um, and everywhere I went 
it looked so beautiful. Everything seemed so amazing. And then in hindsight, when I was looking back at it, I was like, man, it's so funny, you know. I was probably the only person in that city that turned around every corner and took a photo because it was just the most beautiful cityscape I'd seen. Uh, but for them, it's their everyday shit. Right. It doesn't feel special at all. Right. It's like we walk by the Empire State Building and yeah. people waiting online to get in. It's so, it's so important to be able to step out and, and experience that because then also when you come back, you feel so rejuvenated. You feel so fortunate. You understand how much you have, um, you know. Well, listen, I, I truly, truly appreciate you taking the time. This was a dope, dope conversation that I think I'm probably going to watch back <laughs> like three or four times. I'm like, going to do this. we got to do this. Um, because that's how neurotic I can sometimes. But listen, thank you. Thank you so much. Man, I, uh, it's been really cool to get, see you keep doing your thing, Mike. And uh, I appreciate you having me on. And uh, I... I I hope you continue the podcast and I wish you all the success, man. Thanks. Thanks, man. Cool.